Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, I've not had a female guest on in a long time, um, and I was getting a little bit of stick about that, so I decided to get the one and only Georgie Cooper on. So, it is the one and only Georgie Cooper. How are we doing? Hi! I feel honoured, not only to be on the podcast, but also the only female for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of, I guess I don't know why I've not, because usually I was quite good at being on top of, like, right, I have to... You know, appreciate that we need at times. I understand a woman's voice, and that I'll, I say this to my clients all the time. That you know, we have a female coach, and I'll say at times I understand that I'll say something, but you just need a woman's opinion sometimes, right? Sometimes you just need to hear it from a girl. It is the way. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, there might be some listeners out there who perhaps have been living under a rock and don't know about you, even though you have fifty thousand, sixty thousand, however many followers. So. For those that don't follow you, they don't know much about you, can you just give a brief introduction of yourself, what you do, who you work with? Okay, cool. So my name is Georgie Cooper, um, but my Instagram handle is Georgie Fit, and I run an online coaching business called Coached by Georgie, which I set up maybe two years ago, um, and that's kind of just my full-time business, is just coaching a number of girls. Um, I only really focus on female lifestyle um and that's kind of what i do day to day a few little projects here and there um obviously we're going to chat about it but i have recently got into bodybuilding and competing but yeah that's just kind of me a bit boring i wouldn't say boring by any means i think that if you look at your instagram and the journey that you were on this year like many um due to the obviously current circumstances your your first sort of show was cancelled um, and, and looking at your physique you know you certainly had one that would have drawn attention on stage and would certainly been in about the mix. So what I just thought you could do is, for the listeners out there that have went through the same thing, whether it's a, a photo shoot, maybe it's a show, or maybe it's a holiday they just want to get in sick shape for, you know, let's just talk about your own personal journey and talk about the sort of the, the cocktail of emotions that you experienced, how you dealt with it, and then thereafter what you put your energy into. Okay, so competing in the first place was one of the biggest decisions I've probably made. Like, I sat on the fence for a good year, two years before I decided to finally commit. Um, I have always kind of had an interest in bodybuilding for the last sort of three to four years. And I remember always watching Friends and I've always gone to sort of PCA shows and I thought, oh my God, like, I would just, I'd love to do it, but I just don't think I have the sort of self-discipline. So it finally came around last year that I was like, right, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to reach out to a coach and start a prep. Um, So I started my prep back in literally October last year. So it was a long old prep. Um, Obviously, it was all really brand new to me. It was my first show. um, And yeah, it took over my life. It completely took over my life. And I'm sure other people, even if they wasn't their first show, it's, it's a prep isn't it it takes over your life even if it's just for a photo shoot so people listening will understand the commitment that goes behind it but yeah obviously I was I was like four and a half weeks out when they kind of announced these shows were cancelled um to begin with like I kind of knew it was coming like two days before like when they were cancelling body power um and other federations were kind of nipping it in the bud I was like okay yeah this is this is going to happen. And it was just kind of a case of my federation finally sort of going, yeah, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. But 
to begin with, I did that thing where I was like, I'm still on prep. I'm still going to have my oats for dinner. And the next day I got up and I still got on the Stairmaster. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, maybe like the day after. And it was difficult because everything, it made me realize how selfish I was being before, which is maybe a bad, good thing, maybe a bad thing. But every single thing I was doing for those like 20 weeks was for this one show. And it was like a part of me was like missing. Like I kind of the next week or so I was like, I don't really know what to do. Like it kind of feels like I have no real end goal. And even though my coach Callum, who obviously you're coached by the same guy, he was like, right, just the goalposts have changed. Like nothing really changes here. We're still gonna compete. And I was just thrown off. Like being a first timer post show was something I was kind of nervous about and the fact that it came around so quickly for me was like oh my god I was not ready for this and I think that I I mean I still remember my first post show and I think that see that the shoes that you got put in I kind of like I would have rather that happened to me because for tw- I died for 20 weeks my first prep and it just built up in my mind <clears throat> all like I built a list of all the things I was going to eat all the takeaways I was going to, right? But you're in a situation now where that happened, but everything's closed. I know. I feel like I didn't take advantage of my post-show because I had all of these, like, nights out plans. Like, obviously, I hadn't drank alcohol, gone out with my friends for X amount of weeks, and we were going to have pizza at this place that do, like, dustbin pizzas. And, like, I had my whole post-show organized and then I just ended up sitting at home and just eating Sainsbury's chocolate because it's the only thing that's <laughs> open <laughs> fantastic now I think that when I look back I was fortunate enough to get one show in which was which was great um, my second show was cancelled five days out um, which was which was which was rather shit but mm. it, it kind of is what it is and then see what like I don't know I'm going to ask you this you about this there was this big sort of debate not a debate but it was hot topic in the industry of people saying oh you know um, you shouldn't be annoyed it's a sensible decision and you know people had to go to war 50 40 years ago we're seeing now i'm like come on the fuck it's all right if you were annoyed it's all right if you got upset and you got emotional because as you said it is something that you've completely changed your life so i don't know did you see a lot of people on instagram kind of saying the opposite trying to say, ah, you, you can't be annoyed, you can't be upset. Did you see any of that? And how did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of went two ways, didn't it? I feel like people, maybe like yourself, or people that have competed a couple of years in a row and have sort of done the experience, for them it was a lot easier. It was a much easier pill to sort of swallow because they've been on stage before, they know the stage will always be there. But for somebody who's never competed and all that anticipation and build up, like prep was my baby. Like it was actually my baby. And to have that ripped away, like I, it, for me, it did feel like the end of the world for like a good week. And I didn't feel bad about being upset about it. Like I, I cried for a good, like two hours. I remember Callum rang me the next morning. He was like, you stopped crying yet. (laughs) um but I think I understand why people were saying like oh there's other there's worse things going on like it obviously corona is a big thing and looking back now I'm like yeah I completely understand why that decision was made and I'm actually really glad I didn't make so I I post videos on YouTube and I was gonna post up the next morning like a reaction to my shows being cancelled 
And I'm so glad I didn't because I know for a fact that my emotions and my feelings were very temporary there. And I would have said things that seemed really selfish. But at the time, I was gutted and I didn't care about anybody else or anyone else for or anything else that was going on with Corona. Yep. I was just gutted that my show was cancelled. You, you know what? Like I, I'm sitting here nodding for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube because that was me. Like I woke up. Um, what my first show got cancelled. I decided to do the two bros show just two weeks before because mm. I thought I might not get the chance so to compete. That one, right? But I had one show that was attended. So my first one cancelled. That was fine. I woke up one Tuesday, and then I get told UKUP done cancelled. I went fuck, right? So and, then, and then I see another one. It was like a show in Aberdeen cancelled, and I was like, "Don't you fucking dare cancel PCA!" <laughs> and then next thing you know, PCA was like, "There's going to be an announcement in a few hours," and I was like. And then one day, all three of them got cancelled, and it meant at that point, fuck all, like, you know, there was there was none that were going on. And, like, I'm usually quite calm, collected with my emotions. I don't react. I was fuming. I was so angry. My uh, fiancé at the time uh, was in Fort Ventura, and this was on a Tuesday, and it was, like, for two hours. She tried to phone me, my mum tried to phone me, and I was like, I'm not in the mood to talk to anyone anyone don't speak to me <laughs> i had the phone and just sat there just angry as a as i could be and like you i'm kind of like i'm sure I, my our youtube channel is not as successful as yours but i'm glad i didn't go do anything like that or didn't go right on my instagram story because it probably would have came out the wrong way but see the mindset that you just described i think that there would be so many people out there females as well that have went through that and that i just wanted from a female's point of view, to say that it's all right that you felt like that and it's still okay to be fucking gutted that your show, even perhaps there's been a show some people are doing in August, September time, it's still all right to be annoyed at that, but... It's annoying and I feel like if you're annoyed by it, I'm still very annoyed, like even when we're talking about it right now, I'm like, it's still an absolute joke. It means you're passionate about it, like if you didn't care... And it didn't mean that much to you. You would just flick it off and be like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll just compete next year, which is the kind of only option. But having those emotions, I don't think makes you a bad person. Um, it just makes you a bit selfish, but that's a sport, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's exactly why we bodybuild, right? Because we're all a bit selfish. And that's okay, right? That's absolutely fine. Now, you mentioned that you you went right. You transitioned right into, you know, right, we're going to compete next year. So what have you done? Have you sort of, girls will be thinking, right, oh, so are you eating the same? What is food the same? What's training like? So you give them an overview of what you've sort of done and what like what's the plan now? Okay, so to begin with, I kind of sat in limbo. So my coach Callum and me had a discussion and what we were gonna do is kind of pull it back to about eight to ten weeks out and just keep me at that sort of um, condition and then wait for these shows to be announced at the end of the year, which they have actually been announced now, fair enough. Um, but it's only two bros, which for me personally, being first of all a girl, it's my first show. I haven't actually cut down to the condition of stage yet. Um, and Callum was really, really honest with me and was like, look, G, like all of the girls on the two bro stage are going to be more conditioned. There's not going to be their first time. And the potential is that these shows that are running at the end of the year, they're not going to be the perfect situation for a first show. Like, with the whole COVID thing, the the idea is that you'll be backstage by yourself. No one can touch you. No one can tan you. Like, there's a potential that my family might not be able to come. And if they did, I can't hug them. I can't kind of come near them. So as much as it pained me, I 
we kind of made the decision that actually let's take this as an off season um, and then come back into the federation, which I'm passionate about. I love PCA um, for next year. So it's nice now because I have clarity on what I'm doing. I don't have to sit in this. Am I lean enough to be 10 weeks out? Maybe I shouldn't eat that. Maybe I still need to be strict and weigh out my salad. But now I feel like this absolute release of like, okay, cool, right, we're going to improve now. So, yeah, I'm a good couple of kilos up and I'm eating all of the carbohydrates again. Well, good. I'm glad. And it'll be good for women out there to hear that it's all right, you know, to, to have that mindset switch and to go back to, right, we'll start pushing we'll start pushing weight up. Um, I'm putting a post out later about a client that, We've done exactly that. She doesn't want to do a show. It was just a, a photo shoot. Um, but, you know, she's back up at the same weight she was pre-diet, but still has abs and can't figure out why. But I think that it's just, a, a you know, your mindset shift to like, right, fuck it. Let's just start preparing for next year is awesome. And you're now training in a shipping container. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't thought of it any sooner, but I was I live in a flat and I was training in my kitchen, which is like no bigger than a than a small shed, um, at like five a.m. when the girls that I live with are asleep still, and I thought this is not a good situation for trying to build muscle and trying to sort of take full advantage of this off season. So yeah, I just kind of rented a shipping container. That is a very very good idea and one that I've not even thought of. My only no, thing. I was like, I can't believe I thought of this. I'm so smart. So, yeah, I literally inquired, and then this old guy rents out these shipping containers and was like, you just go ahead, love, do what you like. So now I'm just training in the shipping container in the middle of nowhere in hope that I don't need a spot, because if I do, I'm fucked. You fucked, yeah, and I'm the same. I need to train. I'm not training a shipping container, but I went from having a training partner from the past, like, four years to now not having one. So judging if I'm hitting a failure is kind of like... This next trip's 50-50. Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> if and I then, die, then I die. <laughs> th- there's been a few occasions where, even using a daisy in a band, I've failed and been like, I'm trying to roll the bar down my chest, but I've got the daisy in the band on, so it's been like dead awkward. But anyway, back to yourself. So you mentioned that kind of quite quite openly before you started prep that dieting and, ad- and adherence wasn't really sort of your thing. So... How has prep sort of changed your mentality? I mean, I think that you've alluded to that already, but would you say, do you see yourself going back to what life was like before you prepped, or do you think that that's changed exactly who you are for for for, for the good or for the, the worse? You know, allude to that if you could. I feel like some people might think, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about competing, um, you might think, oh, only certain people can compete, and it's only for a certain type of person. Um, only a certain sort of girl can get that lean and have that sort of discipline. But I can tell you firsthand that I was potentially the worst when it came to adherence to any kind of diet. I don't think I could stick to my calories at all. Like I had the most flexible diet. Um, I did diet for a holiday and I kind of took that as like a trial run a couple of years back to see whether I could actually stick to a diet and lose some weight before I was deciding I was going to compete. And to be honest, I kind of shocked myself. Like I was good. I wasn't amazing, but I was good. And that was one of the big fears when I started sort of competing to prep. I was like, oh, am I going to be able to stick to a diet? But I can hand on my heart say that I did not cheat on my diet once in 20 weeks. And that is not me. So it's just really weird. Like, I think 
you are a lot stronger as a person and you can really do things if you want to like if you say to yourself oh i can't adhere to a diet or i can't stick to calories i'm not that disciplined enough you're already telling yourself that so i had to sort of say look g if you don't try it you won't know so don't don't go into it with the sort of head headspace of oh i can't diet i'm i'm, I'm crap at dieting and just kind of, I wanted to shock myself. And yeah, I happily did that. And moving forward for me, obviously now we're trying to push into an off season and this is going to be my first official bodybuilding off season. Um, and knowing what I was like before I did my prep and knowing my sort of liability with calories um, is a little bit scary. Like I am a little bit apprehensive, but I think that's why it's really important for me to have a coach and have someone to keep myself accountable to because I have sort of gone in, like I liked bodybuilding before. It was something I enjoyed watching, but now I feel like I have a responsibility. Like I want to compete and I want to do well. So it's kind of a case of this is the job and it needs to be done. So I don't think... I will ever go back to my old ways. But we will see. <laughs> <laughs> I often say to people that, like, once you've prepped, you honestly think, like, it feels like you could take on the world and can kind of do whatever because your whole life you've always just, I mean, before I got into bodybuilding, it was always just kind of like, eat how I wanted and kind of get away with it. And, you know, I wasn't really too fussed about my carb intake, my protein intake. But I think that I would, like, I now deem... Like what we do is normal and what it's other people not. do is is kind of not normal. But the outside world look at us as like aliens. <laughs> they do. I know, I know. But the people I live with are just like, your diet is, like I'm eating like cream of rice out of a plastic container. I'm not even on prep. And they're like, you know, you're really weird because they're like cooking from scratch. Yeah. I'd never do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you made a great point. And I think that we see this a lot in first time whether it's bikini, tone figure girls, but um, maybe not so much in the males, but definitely females, that this fear of, oh, I don't think I could diet. I don't know if I could diet. I'm not too sure. Where do you think that stems from? Do you think that stems from like maybe sort of maybe low self-worth or perhaps a bad experience? Or, I mean, where did that fear, I suppose, stem for you? I think it's just the commitment to something like that. Um, obviously, being a girl and knowing that from a girl's perspective, it takes a lot more, sorry, to um, get that lean, especially when you have to take into account things like hormones. Um, and I feel like girls have a lot more links to like emotional eating. And I can just, diet is going to be harder for females to adhere to. And I think just knowing myself and knowing previous diets and even working with females myself, I knew it was going to be a massive challenge. And I think it's the whole thing of just believing in yourself that you actually like, just give it a go. Like you'll never ever know unless you give it a go. So that was kind of the the kind of mindset I had to take with it and, and sort of strum with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, you mentioned that obviously this was going to be your first year competing and I bet you there will be some other female coaches out there listening who maybe perhaps in the same shoes or are thinking about doing this, you know, perhaps next year. What I tend to hear sometimes is, oh, I don't know if I want to diet for that long because surely I'll feel shit and then my business will be crap. Now, you're a very successful 
very successful online coach. And for those of you who don't follow Georgie after this podcast, they sure, sure as hell will. Can you explain to them just perhaps, did it affect your business? Were you in, in a good or bad way? Were you more productive, less productive? Can you give them a little bit of a synopsis? Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Like that is actually one thing that I had to really, really consider. So when I was going to go into a prep, one of the things that I kind of sat down with friends and family and said is, is my business, my business, my baby, it, it pays the bills. And do I really want a prep to sort of affect that? Um, I went from about a year ago, one-to-one PT into online. Um, so I feel like for online coaching, it's a lot easier. Um, but actually, what I did find during my prep is I was actually way more productive. And I feel like this is a running theme for people that, that prep. I was apprehensive about it. I thought oh, I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to want to talk to people. I'm not going to want to make sort of business moves. But actually, just having a routine of prep, and you all know this yourself, it just runs like clockwork. And every single day, like you just get things done because they need to be done. And it actually really helped my business. I employed a personal assistant and took on another 70 girls while I was prepping. So it was good to keep busy. And I guess it kind of stopped me from eating. But yeah, it was a huge, huge factor. And I think that Maybe if you're a one-to-one personal trainer, do consider it because you're on your feet all day. You might not be able to get in meals, you'll be tired. But online coaching, I feel like even when I was in the worst mood ever and I didn't want to speak to anybody, it didn't really matter because I was doing it behind a screen. So I could I could type like, oh my God, yeah, you're amazing. And then actually I'd just be there, sat there, pissed off. People around me like, you okay? I'm like, shut up, it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I 100% agree with you. I think that, I always try and be as productive as I can, but like what pisses me off now is that I have to eat every like hour and a half to get all my food in, right? So I'm away from a laptop more, whereas on prep, it was great because you could work for like three hours and you'd be like, oh shit, yeah, I need to eat. Mm. Or if you woke up and you're, you're in a, like a rotter of a mood, you could sit there and be absolutely raging. And then maybe just before you did a video feedback, you know, game face on, blah, 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 and fucking back to being raging <laughs> i remember the girl who works for me as a pa she she also lives with me and she'd come in on prep i'd be like it would be like two in the afternoon like 20 degrees outside i'd be in my bed lights off in a duvet just on my laptop she'd be like have you got out of bed today i was just sat there like no not yet <laughs> <laughs> like i literally just on prep i didn't care about anything else as long as my clients were okay and like as long as i hit my steps and did my food then i would literally just lie in bed <laughs> until i had to do anything a hundred percent i'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to that and i mean without without sounding you know not human like you become just like a robot and just you do your daily tasks you tick the boxes and like for me it's always just getting through the day get into the next day. Get, it's like, right, if I get to this day, there's like five days left of the week, right? Get to this day, four more days left of the week. But one thing I try to do is I try to like, not cherish every moment this past prep, but my first prep, I wished a lot of time away. Mm. I wished for it to be over. Were you like that or were you, I mean, from what you just said, it sounds like that you were embracing it just as much as I was back then. But I feel like because I followed so many people and because a lot of my close friends have already competed and I feel like I was very much watching the sport a couple of years before I decided to do it, I 
all of this stuff you're saying, I kind of went in knowing. So the whole like, you'll tick boxes every day, you'll become a robot. Like I remember hearing all of this before and thinking like, yeah, yeah of course. Actually, it's very true, you do actually become a robot. Um, and a lot of people did say to me, really, really, really do embrace your first prep. So even when things get tough, try and, try and enjoy it. And it's weird because the closer I got to sort of competition, I remember talking to somebody and it was so right. And he was like, it's kind of a weird thing because you enjoy feeling shit. Like, you knowing that you feel shit actually spurs you on. You kind of, I remember some days I think, oh my God, I'm not hungry today and I don't want to kill everyone. This is weird. Yeah. So like feeling like shit actually kind of spurred me on a little bit. And I did really, really try to embrace that because I knew from the sport before that that's kind of what you should do so yeah, yeah. i think in a bit of sadi- in a bit of a sadistic way the worse i feel i get excited because i'm like it's working we're looking fucking yeah, it's so we're, true we're looking shit hot now or like even if i wake up like i wake up and i feel so bad i'm like we must be leaner today like <laughs> <laughs> and if, if i'm not i'm fucking raging <laughs> but um i'll get- be sat in bed at like 2am drinking a Pepsi Max because I'm so fucking starving and I'll be saying to myself I swear to God if those scales don't read any light tomorrow morning I'm going <laughs> to see I, I was the opposite um, being an assisted male right you take certain compounds that make you not sleep so it would get to like and this no word of a lie 1am every single night I'd go to bed about half eight nine. 1am I'd wake up I'd have to go to the couch put transformers on one of the transformers and after about an hour, I'd fall back asleep for two hours, or three hours, and get up and do cardio. So weird, isn't it? And, and, and but but that became the norm for me. Like going on Instagram at that time to just scroll or post or something. Someone's like, "Oh my god, what are you doing up?" And I'm like, "Why are you not up?" I <laughs> remember <laughs> people used to reply to me on Instagram, and be like, "Why are you? Why are you sending messages at half past three in the morning?" Be like, "Just can't sleep, prepping it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that you're it's only really once you go through it you you know i think what you said about you heard it all and you went yeah no. but then when you go through it, you're like yeah this is this is actually real so that kind of, kind of leads me on to my next point which is about you put a post up uh, recently by the time this podcast drops it maybe won't be quite so recent but you were speaking about your clients and sort of just empathizing with them that understanding that feeling of being a million miles away from your goals i think what you said it was it was a post i was coming up with questions i thought i'm going to ask her about that and now I work with a lot of girls that are right at that sort of day one, day two. They, they've seen it. They've been inspired by females like yourself or other competitors or whatnot. They've been looking for two years and they maybe want to compete, but they're getting frustrated. You know, they've been working out a few months and they're just frustrated because they've not got they've not got some, some peachy glutes. They've not got, you know, big cap in the delts. What advice did you give to, to your sort of clients in those shoes or, or a female listening out there who's who's in that scenario? I feel like sometimes the best thing that you can do is just stick with it. Like I say this to my clients all the time. Sometimes you feel like you're working really hard and you're taking all the boxes and you're doing everything that you're told to do and you and you think you're doing the right thing. And sometimes you're literally like this far away from that sort of peak where we start to see things progress, whether that's, for example, a little bit of leanness or depending on your goal, obviously, for some people, it can be losing the weight on the scales or getting a PB. You're literally this close away and you chuck the towel in just before. And a lot of the time, 
body makes you work a little bit until it kind of um, rewards you. So consistency is going to be the main thing. Like I remember for, for me when I was prepping, I thought to myself in those first couple of weeks, I was thinking, right, gee, you say this to your clients all the time. You've just got to stick with it. You've just got to trust the process for X amount of weeks. And then you'll finally, you just get that sort of day where everything just goes, boom, there you go. There's all of your hard work. There's the result that you deserve for that. So like for me, I wasn't, okay, I wasn't out of shape, but I wasn't in shape for a prep to begin with so I knew that I had a good couple of months of, of hard work and I'm not gonna look like I'm ready to compete but if I keep pushing and I keep going with it I know that that leanness will come the abs will come the lines in my legs will come the doubt will come and do you know what they did but it, it did take it did take some real mental don't give up just at the peak of that hill because once you're over that peak you look back and you think oh my god I'm so glad I just stuck it out I, I, I'm glad you said that because the first time any, whether you're male or female diets for like an aggressive, like long period, it requires patience and it requires a patience that I don't think that you've ever been taught in life before. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe that was my upbringing, but I think in society we live in, right? You want something delivered to your door, you go on Amazon, it's there tomorrow, right? You want pizza, it's there at your house in 20 minutes. So with social media, when perhaps... I was guilty of this years ago. I don't know about yourself. I'd go on all these guys' pages that were fucking just jacked, right? And he was little, like, skinny gone, right? Want to look like them. And it really just put me down. And, you know, you think, God, I've been training really hard for four or five months. Why do I not look like that? And I'm like, because it's going to take five years to look like that. It's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> but I think that anyone dieting for the first time, like you said... Once you're over that, that kind of hump, that when you diet in the future, it's so easy to get to that hump. It, you, ju you just, you're like, oh yeah, I've done this before. I'll just kind of crack on and do it. I guess it's because you've, you've kind of proven to yourself that you can do it. So now, now I know that I can get that lean. Like, I'm not worried about the next time because I know I can do it. It just, I guess it's just that self-confidence like we were saying about earlier, like just knowing your self-worth, your self-confidence and, and being like, yeah, I can do it. Because if, if you believe you can do it, you're already halfway there, I always say. Absolutely. Now, that was kind of what I was going to quiz you on was you will go into effectively a second prep next year. Do you think that there was lessons that you learned from this this first one or things that you might perhaps do a bit differently um, than you've done this time around or will it be exactly the same? Because from what it sounds like, it was pretty monotonous, pretty autonomic and pretty successful, but was there anything you learned along the way or perhaps something that you do differently for when you prep next year? I think it will be much easier for me to trust the process this time um, and kind of know what to expect. I feel like I spent this whole prep, like every single week being like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know when Callum's going to introduce this or introduce that and how many minutes of cardio will I be doing by the end? Um... And kind of, like we said earlier, like it took me, it was probably only about three weeks of my of my prep where I was really kind of learning that the worse you feel, the, be the better things are moving. So I feel like now there's a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings that I, that I know are going to come. Um, I, I don't regret how selfish I was. I feel like I was super selfish on prep. I didn't care about anyone or anything else apart from my business and, and my prep. And I, I wouldn't change that. I feel like that is why 
I adhered to everything so well. Like I genuinely shot myself with the diet. I was expecting myself to fuck up. But then again, I only got to five weeks out and those last couple of weeks are tough. So I think, yeah, like in a way, if I'm trying to take a positive from a negative that my show's got cancelled, but I know what to expect now. I know that I can do it. And if anything, that's going to help me with adherence kind of in my next prep right before the end because i never did right before the end and i'm looking forward to it i can't wait to do right before the end i mean the, the the thing with with carl is that if you were five weeks out you were really three you know mm. you, you were and you, like if you were three weeks out how much worse you would probably feel in those last three weeks probably wouldn't be much more than how terrible you felt at the very end because he, he's a very good coach he's a good guy right i've known him for years um, but he gets people ready a couple of weeks early just to have that that little bit of leeway um, of where to go and what you can do with food. So even though you think that you have, weren't there at the end, you, you're probably pretty much there. And maybe yeah, not much to be honest, I did, I did, there was days I did feel pretty shit. You know, like, <laughs> I look back on it now and I think, yeah, nah, you, you only just got through that day. <laughs> 100%. I mean, like you, you look at Cal and you just think, has he got any athletes that, are, that aren't ready when they step on stage? No, they're all ready. They all look fucking great and they all look the best they can look. So whatever happens next time, it'll again, it'll be you know as good as, good as you look come that time due to the, you know, the team that you guys have got. But I think that if we, if we take the whole situation now that's going on, I know that in England it's a bit different from, you know, in the north of this island, that we're still effectively uh, in, our, in our house you guys get to move about, right? Yeah. Are you in Scotland? I'm in Scotland. Did you not know this? No, I'm, I'm really bad of like all like geography, but yeah, you, I didn't. You guys can't even like go out your house still. Well, or you must be human. I mean, my routine has not changed much. I'm an online coach, right? So I spend eight hours a day in front of the laptop as it is. So when this all happened and everyone was moaning about working from home, I was like, this is the normal thing for me, right? The difference for me is that it's just, uh, it's just I now train super early. Just because I've got access to a place, um, and the deal is I need to be out by seven a.m. So I used to train at eleven a.m. So my days just—it's roughly the same. My training just shifted earlier, but um, yeah. So now nah, we go, we go for a walk. I suppose you could say a couple walks, um, and that's about it. But yeah, nothing's much changed. But um, I thought maybe from the thick Scottish accent, you would have known. I know you have an accent, but I'm that I'm that girl that couldn't tell you what it is. Okay, I get you. I'll be like, that. "Are you Welsh? Are Irish?" <laughs> now, with all the one-to-one coaches out there now being forced onto an online platform, right? A one-saturated industry is now more saturated, right? But again, keeping the theme with this being sort of more, mostly about females in the podcast, what I was want to discuss was. What do you think a female should be looking for if they're thinking, right, I want to transform a physique, maybe I want to compete, maybe I want to do a photo shoot. They now have, you know, Jim Bob coach. They now have X, Y, and Z, all these different people that are now provide, offering online coaching. What do you think that they should perhaps be looking for in that sort of initial, right, this is what I'm going to choose? And I really like to ask this question because I often get a different response, but I think yours will be pretty similar. I think... Um, specifically for a female it's really important to kind of choose someone that you can trust that will know your body inside out and a lot of the time that might a girl might think to herself right I want to compete and I did this so back like a little bit of a story here 
when I decided I was going to compete, I thought, right, I need a female coach because a female coach understands the woman. She understands the menstrual cycle. She understands everything. So I kind of completely cut off any like potential of a guy to coach me. Um, so I went with an online coach who has a few competition girls and she also does lifestyle and contacted her and I messaged her and I actually ended up forking out I think it was like 400 quid for the first 12 weeks of um my plan with her it came through and I literally looked at it and I thought oh my god this is horrendous it was like the most cookie cutter plan I have ever seen and that just goes to show that even someone like me who's meant to be knowledgeable in this field I messed up and I basically wrote her an email back and said, thank you, but no, thank you. Like, I won't be, I won't be working with you. Like, this doesn't fill me with any confidence. So I think it's important to do your research on a coach and girls don't worry about whether the guy, whether your coach is a guy or a girl, just make sure that they do know about the female body because things like your menstrual cycle, things like where you're sitting in your cycle will affect your prep. And that's something that, again, I really did learn over my prep. Like I'm very lucky in the fact that my hormones don't really tend to mess with my mood or my sort of appearance or my weight, but oh my God, once I was in prep, they really did. And it was nice because I had a coach who understood that. And he used to say to me, yeah, that's because you're in the luteal stage of your of your cycle. And that's why you feel like that. That's why your weight's up. So as a woman, make sure you do your research into a coach that isn't just a bodybuilder who gives out the same diet to everybody. Yeah, I, I like that you said that because one thing that pisses me off is when females get treated like little male bodybuilders and they're just not but what i like i love that you went into female physiology because i find myself so many times i feel like i i talk about the menstrual cycle on it every single day when you know if you said that to me 10 years ago i would be like oh i don't want to talk about that i don't want to know about that and there's maybe a lot of male coaches out there that are still like that 100 percent like if you have a, a guy coach that doesn't want to speak to you about where you are in your cycle or if your period's been affecting everything, that alone tells you everything. Like it's 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 so important and it's such a big kind of emphasis on adherence on where you sit with everything. So as soon as your coach turns around to you and never ever speaks to you about it, you already got your answer. I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I say to any kind of coach that I work with, I'm like, the more you know about it the more appealing it's going to be to perhaps female competitors or athletes, but also you have an instant bind with that client because for, for as long, much as I know, females will tend to talk about their menstrual cycle with their mum and their friends grown up. And with their friends grown up, it's not really like going into details, just like, oh yeah, I'm on period. That's it, right? But <laughs> if you're responding to check-in, you can say, right, listen, at this point, you're in late luteal phase, we've seen over the past sort of 12 weeks that you gain a kilo every single time you're in this part of your cycle. Don't worry about it, it's cool, move on. Like, how logical in your brain was that? Like, did it relieve a lot of stress in your head? Oh my God, so much. Like, to have Callum say that to me, I was like, you're so right. And like, it's crazy because I didn't I didn't even think of that. And it's, it's my own body. So it's really reassuring to have coach who does know about that and and kind of can put your mind straight because like you said 
gov will find that they do gain a kilo or they find adherence harder or sleep is maybe not as good performance isn't as good at certain times of the month and it's not something that we can just push to the side because it's embarrassing to talk about it, it does need to be covered so a crucial when looking for a coach i would say yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. now you mentioned as well or i think that in light of everything that's going on stress can have a huge impact on the menstrual cycle itself and it's why perhaps during, you know during a contest prep that we'll often see that you know the cycle could perhaps completely stop or it'd be quite quite irregular now i know that you work with a lot of females you're taking on seven you said i took on an extra 70 on top of yeah. clearly already how many clients you're working with before now knowing there's such a delicate balance have you found that there's been a lot of regularities within your sort of female like client cycles due to the worry, the stress that's going on, kind of like you'd see in a prep, or does it mean a little bit different? I would say that, yes, some girls have seen late periods. Some girls have had just complete kind of loss. And it's difficult because is it late or is there something that we should be looking into? Um, And another thing that a lot of girls have struggled with actually is things like contraception pills because of covid and because it's so difficult to get hold of any sort of doctor or book any kind of appointments a lot of my girls were either running out of their contraception or they wanted to change it or the the thing that they had at that time isn't working anymore and they're finding that their their sleep is really affected that their skin is really bad that they're really tired but because they can't go in and book with with a doctor it's kind of a case of we don't really know where we're at with things because everything is changing. Like some girls have completely come off of contraception and that's going to, that's going to mess with their hormones. So I would say in general, over the board, stress has been a lot higher. Routine has been out of place and that ultimately then affects the hormones, affects the training. So yeah, it's been a bit all over the place, probably not like a prep, but it has been stressful managing that many girls with hormone problems. Believe me. I, I can imagine. Um, myself and like the two coaches working around, we work with a lot of females. And um, I, when you talk about stress, um, and perhaps maybe we should mention emotions in there as well. Um, I remember when this sort of lockdown happened, I must have had the same telephone call with every single one of my female clients and told them it was going to be okay and you know that the world wasn't ending and that, that things would be all right um, because... You know, they could tend to be a little bit more openly emotional than guys. The guys try to act like. Oh, if, it's fine. I, I'm not bothered. Uh, lockdown, fuck, it's no bother. When, <laughs> when, when actually, like the minute that I said in the guys' group chat, I went, "Listen, guys, like fuck, I'm struggling. Some days it's all right." Then the play that I messages came through about, oh. yeah, it's all right, blah blah blah. So I think that coming from a female, letting them know that, listen. It's all right that perhaps you might be seeing a little bit of irregularities and whatnot. Um, is maybe perhaps more. What's the word I, again? You said at the start of the podcast. Sometimes you just need to hear it from a girl. Yeah, like this. This is it. So I've said to the girls, like I was the queen of pep talks in that first two weeks of lockdown. Like you said a second ago, I probably had the same conversation fifty, sixty times, and I feel like 
the girl suddenly felt like, oh my God, I'm not being perfect anymore. Like I've lost the gym and I just found that session really unmotivating. And now I'm at home with my husband and he's eating loads of pizza and the kids are co- making cookies and I'm eating their sweets and I'm finding it really tough and my sleep patterns, maybe not as it was before. And I'm like, chill out, like chill out. Like this is, this is like a global pandemic, isn't it? So the fact that we aren't on the ball 100% doesn't matter. And I actually sat down um, on like a weekly Zoom call with the girls and I said, what happens is, is because we're into fitness and because we're in this community of people who are working out and they're all sort of on their A game and Instagram is full of highlights, we forget that there is a general population out there and everything that these girls are doing right now they're doing a lot more than other people. That's a lot more than other people. And sometimes it's hard to take your head out of comparing yourself to other fitness people. Um, and the fact that they're even getting a workout in, the fact that they're drinking X amount of litres of water a day is better than most people. So a bit more stress, complete out of whack of routine is obviously going to have a bit of an impact on sort of diet and training. So this is expected and... Yeah, I basically just said chill out. Yeah, and the I guess one of the things that's hit home more so for me the past few weeks is that like I generally I think I'm pretty mentally sound, but like I just found myself getting frustrated with this situation and just like missing life a little bit, and especially for a lot of whether it's guys or females out there, they've went from having the freedom. Or I guess I shouldn't say freedom of being away from their partner, right? But perhaps they've had to go to work, they get to then go to the gym at night or they go to a, a, a Zumba class or whatever it is they do with their pal Betty or, or you know, whatever. Um, but now to be sort of just locked in this current environment, like, I don't know about you, but like, I just want a holiday. And that's totally not going to happen for a, for a long time. But is there any advice you would give males or females out there that are currently feeling like you know what just mentally i'm feeling a little bit flat and they maybe need a bit of a pick me up you mentioned pep talks by all means if there's anyone out there that you want to give a bit of a pep talk to go for it i would say that just remember that this thing that we're in right now is temporary and a lot of the time just getting worked up and showing all of these emotions towards the situation isn't actually going to help and we kind of just have to look at this phase that we're in as it's non-negotiable so there's no way out of it it's not like we can go oh well I'm going to get really angry about it and I'm going to be pissed off about it in hope that it changes because it's not going to change and yes we may have a few more weeks now but it, it is temporary and it will pass. And you want to be able to look back at this period of time and be like, do you know what? I actually tried to make the best out of a really shit situation. And it's, it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to have off days. But if you continue to have such a negative mindset about it, like at the end of the day, you're choosing that. You're choosing to be pissed off about the situation. You're choosing to be annoyed and it's that whole thing, isn't it, of adapting and overcoming. And it's cringe, and I know everyone's saying it at the moment, but everybody can find their own personal way of adapting and overcoming to this situation. Because I say this to all the girls, what's the other option? Right now, what is the other option other than to just suck it up and just get on with it? Because before you know it, it will be over. It's just a bit shit at the moment. 
Yeah, you're 100% right. I, what I've often been saying is that, like, in a game of poker, you play the hand that you're dealt, not the one that you want. And right now, we've just been dealt a shit hand. Yeah. But in poker, you can still play a shit hand really, really well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's what you do with it, isn't it? If you you handed something and you've got to try and just get on with it, like, what can you do? Get a shipping container and make your own gym. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's a very good plug because me and my buddy were actually looking for a lockup and there is, like, a dockyard, not for that, maybe 15, 20-minute drive, maybe maybe less. And I'm thinking, we didn't look into hiring a shipping container. So, because he's looking for somewhere to store his equipment because he's got, like, got his back garden with a big gazebo over it. <laughs> um, oh, right, Jesus. Which is the best that you could do, right, in this, that situation. But shipping container is something I'm literally, at, off this podcast, just going to text him and say. I feel like... There's got to be some sort of legal insurance backing to it, but I'm I come from down in like Devon in Cornwall, so like here, no one really cares. Like you can do what you like. Like for the, the guy that owns it is just an old guy, and he he doesn't he doesn't really care. But you might need to look into it. But just don't tell them using it for a gym. Just say I'm going to store gym equipment in it, and I'm going to move it around every day. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm going to go move it about, and I'm going to clean it because I've got this yeah. thing about cleaning. Brilliant. No. Because if anything happens, you can just say, "Oh, I was just moving it. Like I just, I just, I need to move it around and rearrange it just every day." Brilliant! I love that. Now, would you say that the? I mean, one of the things I like to ask a lot of you know guests that come on the podcast is the biggest lessons they've learned in life. Would you say that perhaps what's going on has been one of the biggest lessons, or if there was something else, you know, one of the biggest lessons of life? What did it? What did it sort of teach you? Um, and, and what did you learn from that? I would say, even though prep itself has been a massive life lesson and I've learned so much about myself, um, I would say that for me, I kind of learnt my lesson when I decided that I was going to become an online coach and sort of bit the bullet and, and just took a risk. And I feel like I come from not a, not a good family, like not as in like they weren't, they weren't rich. I was never sort of brought up into an expensive family and I, I dropped out of university and I I was working a very, very bog standard, minimum wage, zero hour contract cafe job. And I was never smart. I didn't really have, like I didn't do at school, but I just, if there's one thing I always say this, and it was something that I took on when I did my PT course. And it's that quote that she believed she could, so she did. And that's just one of like the things that just keeps me going. Like I... I'm not special, I did not come up, I'm not smart, but I just believed that I could do something and I've kind of just taken that with me. So if you're someone who sat there and you think, I really wanna change my life, I really wanna start my own business or I really wanna do X, Y or Z, literally just do it because as soon as you put yourself in that situation, as soon as you sort of get the ball rolling, you will believe that you could. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest life lesson is that sometimes you just got to do yourself a favor and just absolutely just believe in yourself. Because for me, that's that's what I kind of did and it, and it helped. I thought you were going to say, you know, and just give it the beans. That would have been the pair. <laughs> I would have just hit end record, boom, mic drop, <laughs> Georgie out. <laughs> but that would have meant that they wouldn't have got a chance to hear where they can get in contact with you where they can perhaps, I don't know, maybe you do some book signature some days. What days are they on? Where can they get a copy? <laughs> but just let us Not know, where, where, where can they get in contact with you? 
Um, so my Instagram handle is at underscore Georgie Fit. Um, my YouTube channel is just Georgie Cooper. And I do have my own podcast as well. It's called Boss Up Your Life. Um, so maybe you'll have to come in and join it as a male guest. I don't plan to have many male guests. Oh, wow, that would be that would be a pleasure. Um, now, for anyone out there listening, you heard it here first from Georgie, she said, especially if you're looking to be a coach, sometimes you've got to just go out there, give it the beans.